but my goal this morning is to help challenge us to change our beliefs. Because if we don't change our beliefs, we won't change. Uh, our beliefs play a central role in determining the way that we are going to experience life. And I think you will see that as we go through this morning. I can't see what I'm reading right now, so I had to get these out. They are lenses. Cue the glasses. Uh, through which you see the world, and it's a template for the way that we interpret what we see. If you have a certain belief system, and you see... Okay, let's just talk about what's going on in the world today. Everybody's talking about Israel, the Middle East, what's going on. If you have a certain beliefs that have formed over the years through messages that you've heard, you are, that, that is the lens through which you are seeing current events, and it may just possibly be incomplete and maybe even wrong. There, I said it. <laughs> Because I viewed things a certain way for a lot of my life because of beliefs and patterns that I had uh, set through my beliefs and that made me view certain events through that lens. What we see and what we believe is foundational to how we will live. Growth is impossible without change. But the biblical word for this kind of change that I'm talking about is repentance, which is the Greek word uh, metanoia. Time out. That TV's not on back there, and it helps me flow with my, my notes. Um, are they working back there? Did we get those loaded? Okay, we're on that slide metanoia. We need to see what that means this morning. It's, the, it's a Greek word that refers to cognitive conversion that leads to a complete transformation in the way a person believes and behaves. Okay, If we don't change our mind as Holy Spirit deals with us as sons and daughters and have a conversion of what we believe based upon what He has revealed to us, then we will continue behaving the way that we've always behaved. But you, I'm not talking about a sin management program that you manage your sin so that God treats you in a certain way. That, this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a fundamental principle that when our beliefs do shape and form the way that we live our lives and the way that we behave. So if you believe right, you'll live right. But if you're trying to live right and you're not believing right, it won't mesh. But we must grow. And then when we do, our beliefs will change. They have to change. Hebrews, I believe it's the seventh chapter, tells us that when there was a change in the priesthood, by necessity there was a change in the law. In other words, when you were under this priesthood, under the Levitical system, where Aaron was the high priest, there were certain beliefs that you had. But now that that priesthood has changed and we are no longer under the priesthood of Aaron, we are under the priesthood of the order of Melchizedek through Jesus of Judah, then the law changed. Belief systems changed. And one of the fundamental problems in Western theology 
and in the church of America is we have told people that Jesus is king, Jesus is the high priest, but we've not changed our beliefs. So we're still under, you'll see it here in a minute. Um, we've got to change, it's important for us to, in changing of our misguided beliefs about who God is, about who I am myself, and then I have to change my beliefs about who you are. See, because if I have a wrong mindset and a wrong belief system, then I will judge you based upon your behavior. You'll judge me based upon my behavior. But when I change my belief system and I realize who God is, and then I have a right belief system, my behavior changes and the way that I view you changes. This is good preaching. So I remember coming to a place in my life where I was questioning why what I believed was not affecting every area of my life. My parenting, my marriage, my finances, my job, my church. Because certain beliefs just didn't mesh with what I, where I wanted to go and what I thought my life was going to be. And when I had come to the end of, God, I did all of this for you for all of these years, 37 of them to be a matter of fact, and this is what I get, I needed a NBS, new belief system. We all need a new belief system. And when I found that new belief system and had a theological overhaul, uh, it led me into new experiences in life that I'm really enjoying. I, I want that for you. I didn't say there won't be burdens, battles, and bruises, as my mom would say but it still thrills romance and adventure. But it's how I view those bruises, bumps, and battles that makes the difference. Maybe your situation will, won't change automatically, but how you are viewing it will, and then that will help you experience life in a different light. So to see differently, like we talked about last week, I must believe differently. There is a universal principle that what you believe will shape what you get. We rise and fall to the level of our beliefs. The evidence through a lot of scientific research and the evidence of people's lives shows that what you believe largely determines the experiences of your life. Mark 11:24. if you have your Bibles with you, I put it on the screen just in case you didn't have a written copy or a digital copy this morning. Jesus is speaking. If you're a Word of Faith follower, or that's some of your roots, you will know Mark 11:24 before I ever read it. <laughs> because Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer... Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, I, I understand that this has been misquoted, mistranslated, misused, and abused. A lot of people have used it for manipulation towards others so that they would gain from it. It does not uh, deter from the fact that this is a universal principle. Faith is nothing more or nothing less than the expression of authentic belief. 
It isn't psychobabble. It's not pseudoscience, and it's not uh, self-driven positive thinking. This there's nothing to do with what I'm telling you that is new age. It has everything to do with new covenant. Write that down. Lock that in your brain. I'm not preaching new age, folks. I'm preaching new covenant. A better covenant with better blood that has better promises. And it's for you and it's for me. And here's the kicker. It's for right now. You don't have to wait to the other side. See, the brain, this, this next quote here is coming from uh, one of Caroline Leaf's uh, podcast on uh, cleaning up my mental mess. If you want to just search Caroline Leaf, she's a neuroscientist, 30 years plus of experience. She's a Christian. She's performed thousands and thousands of hours of research, and she's performed brain surgery. The brain's selective filtering system works on an activation model. When the brain is primed, by certain belief systems to look for something, it literally shuts down any competing neural networks. In other words, you actually have a hard time seeing evidence contrary to what you already believe. I gave you an example at the very beginning. If you have a belief system, specifically, let's say, of Israel, and you look at their situation... Your brain, this is a system that it activates so that any competing thought, idea, or belief is blocked out because you're narrow-minded to what you already believe. It's like a horse who's had blinders put on that can only see what's in front of them and sees nothing in the peripheral. And then when someone gives you new ideas and new beliefs, that challenges or that are contrary to what you already believe, something rises up inside of us and we call those people heretics. We say, you're, you're teaching false doctrine. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, per, have you ever opened up to study it and just see if the Holy Spirit may be wanting you to grow outside of the frame of reference that you already have? Because if you don't, then you're stuck. And if you don't grow... I'm not telling you that you're not going to make it to heaven. I'm not telling you that God doesn't love you. I'm just I'm telling you that there is more to life that you can experience it, and you can experience it in a better way, in a brighter way, if you will open up your mind beyond certain things that you already believe. I'm not telling you to go outside of Jesus. Okay? I am preaching Jesus. I'm not telling you to look for another gospel, another God, or another Messiah. He is the one and true living God who came to us in the visible form of Jesus who said it is more expedient and to your advantage for me to go away so I can send you the Spirit. Hmm. This is why so many are convinced that their worldview is the truth. So you participate in what truth you want to believe and receive. But just because something that you don't believe to be truth is true doesn't make it untrue. It's still a truth. You just haven't dove into it yet. You haven't opened your mind and your heart to it yet. I believe that in the kingdom of God, the possibilities are endless. 
It's important for you to know, it's important for me to know that we can change our beliefs. The first step into knowing the truth that will set you free is acknowledging, did you hear me? Acknowledging that there may be things outside of what I already believe that are real, they are important, and they are true. I just haven't learned them yet. That's huge. That's a big step to acknowledge that what I was taught, however deep and rooted in Jesus, and I'm thankful for that firm foundation, there were other things that people who had a certain revelation at that point in their juncture, in their journey, shared with us that became strongholds of beliefs in my heart and in my mind that trapped me in believing things a certain way. And it was a battle. Even when I began to get this new belief system and I was being fed a fresh word that was encouraging my spirit that how that, that old man wanted to push against it and respond out of old belief systems because, it, no, it has to be this way. This is what I've been taught. I've trusted the people. And listen, I'm not saying anything against people that they were trying to lead me down a path of destruction. Not at all. It's not what I'm teaching, saying, or even believe. However, those things at a young age formed within me belief systems that as I got older challenged where I was and what I was seeing and there was no way out other than to believe in this new belief system. And man, the evidence is proof that this is a happier life, a more enjoyable life. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Matthew 9. We went there last week and we're going to go there again. Verses 28 and 29. Two blind men are following Jesus and they're crying out in the streets, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus enters into the house where he was going. The blind men follow him into the house. And Jesus turns to them and says, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? The key word in that statement of Jesus is believe. Do you believe that I am able to do what you're asking for? They said, Yes, Lord. We believe. Then Jesus said, Be it unto you according, this is the NIV, to how you believe it. King James, be it unto you according to your faith. In other words, how you perceive it. Last week we talked about how you see your situation as being blind and how you believe in me and what you believe I'm capable of doing will shape, form, and develop what will actually be the outcome of what manifests for you in your life. You don't believe it? Jesus wasn't trying to give them a religious formula to make what they wanted to happen. See, that's the problem. We think it's a religious formula that we get what we want to happen in our lives if we do A, B, and C. He was simply stating that universal principle of truth that applies to life. What you believe will shape what you get. That's what he was trying to... This is a fundamental principle. This is how the earth works. This is how it works in the natural. How you see it, what you believe about it, will determine the outcome. 
let me give you an example. Okay? We have to have examples that are tangible that we can get a hold of. Psychology Today did a research several years ago, and in their research, they gave golfers a golf ball and told them that it had been blessed by the priest and that if they would use that ball in putting, that they would, it would improve their chances of making their putts. And after they gave these golf balls out, the research showed that the men that used and the women that used that ball to putt made 90% more putts than those that didn't use that ball simply because they believed the ball was blessed by a priest. The outcome was determined by what they believed about the ball. <laughs> Folks, if it will work with a golf ball, it will work in all the areas of your life. Every potential outcome for your circumstance resides inside God's kingdom where all things are possible. In other words, what I'm saying is it already exists. Waiting to manifest in your experience as you appropriate it by faith, which is simply belief in action. Are you a kingdom citizen? I'm a, I'm a kingdom citizen. So we've been given information then that helps us know how to live this Christ life inside the kingdom of God by applying these proven principles and protocols. Jesus just wasn't going about healing the sick to show His power. He was showing us universal principles. I would encourage you to go to the Scriptures and study the miracles that Jesus performed and the healings that He did. I, I, this is my own personal research. You may find something different. I haven't found yet where He prayed a prayer asking the Father to do anything. He simply believed that the Father had already given him the power and the authority and then he spoke to situations and those situations changed based upon his belief. That was a template for you and I so that we could operate not begging and pleading God but de declaring and decreeing what He has already given to us, what is already existing inside the realm of the kingdom of God in this life of Christ. Legalism is the problem. Can we put that on the screen? Is that up there? It's the system of living in which we believe that we try to make spiritual progress or gain God's blessing based upon what we do. This would make everything the result of cause and effect. And it has been the detriment of many sincere and misguided believers throughout the centuries. Unfortunately, many are still stuck in it. This is the world that I grew up in. This is the culture that I grew up in. And even to the point that as a young pastor, it's the culture that I propagated and taught. Uh, as a child that I was got stuck in this cycle, and it's a vicious cycle, um, that if I tried harder to do better, I could get spiritual progress. I could move forward in the kingdom of God. And I was taught that if I did certain things, then God would respond to those certain things and do something for me. 
And you could count on it. I mean, I would, I would tell you, you could count on it. Then I would go to the lengths of telling you that if you didn't, you were going to hell. Help me, Jesus. Yeah. In this world of legalism, I believe that if I would read my Bible more, pray fervently, evangelize boldly, give generously, as well as other cultural priorities that my church told me I had to believe, then things would begin to change in my life. So if you've got a bad marriage, here was the antidote. Pray more, read more, fast more, give more, try harder, do better, and then God is going to work it out for you. And I did those things and that situation didn't change. That's why people quit. That's why people walk out the door. They close their eyes to faith. They become atheists. See, I wouldn't believe in that kind of God either, and I don't. But why? Because the, my belief system about who He really is has changed. I have a new belief system. What it led to, this is the American church. Listen to me, I think you will understand it. It's the vicious cycle of repent, rededicate it, and try harder. And then I didn't try hard enough, so I failed, so I, re I repent, I rededicate, and I try harder. And it's a vicious cycle... And what happens is, Romans 2, 4, the goodness of God leads to repentance, was actually, I was misquoting it because I thought repentance led to the goodness of God. Do you see how those two words get flip-flopped in the Scripture? Look at it on the screen. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance, but we've been taught that it's the repentance of, that leads to the goodness of God. It's not what it says. It's not how it works. <laughs> I thought, unfortunately, that that's the way that it had to happen. This is especially true among many who are still living, listen to me, with the wrong-headed old covenant mentality about their life. But you and I don't live in that covenant. We live in a new covenant. Somebody say new covenant. It's a new belief system. This covenant doesn't exist between me and God. This covenant exists between God the Father and God the Son through the Holy Spirit. And you and I aren't a party in the new covenant. We are only beneficiaries that have been named. <laughs> That's good right there. Our part then is nothing more than receiving from the goodness of God through what Christ has done. The world of grace, I, I like this here, the, the world of grace is a kingdom of kindness where the culture is one of trusting Him, not trying harder. It's a society of love, not laws. And it's a place built around relationship, not rules. And in this world, God blesses you because of His goodness, not yours. Man, I, I was recalling while I was preparing for this message, um, being in a large ministry where thousands of people would gather and I would lay hands on people and I would remind God how good they had been. They've been faithful to this church. They've given of their tithes. They, walk, they work out on the crosswalk guard. They're here every time the doors are open. So I was trying to convince God that they were good enough to receive His goodness. Man, how twisted is that? then now I can just declare to you that God is good and He loves you and His plan for you is better than your plan for your life and He wants to manifest what you believe and receive from Him. 
I don't have to tell God how good you are. I just say thank you that you're good. <laughs> and then that challenges me to change my mindset because of His goodness. So before you can effectively change how you see your circumstances in life, it's going to be necessary for, to change, for you to change how you, what you believe in God about yourself and others. Grace is, a unilateral, is the unilateral goodness of God towards us. And the cross of Jesus is the best illustration of how you can understand the nature of God. 2 Corinthians 5.19 God was Christ, that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And He has committed to us, our message now, is this message of reconciliation. It's amazing that people cannot get a hold of nor will believe that God has already reconciled the world to Himself. Now Paul goes on to say, be thou reconciled. In other words, believe that. Believe that God was in Christ reconciling everything in the world to Himself. It's a done deal. It's a finished work. It's not something that He's going to do. It's not something that we have to wait for. It already exists in the kingdom of God. Now, how do you appropriate it? How do you bring it, as we said last week, the reality, Matthew 16, the keys of the kingdom, not keys to the kingdom. It's a key of the kingdom that we only permit in this visible realm what's been permitted in the eternal invisible realm. 2 Corinthians 4.8 Living right does not generate God's goodness. Look at Titus 2.11 for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. The, the cross is inclusive. It's an inclusive gospel. It didn't leave anyone out. But verse 12 says it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age which is an age without end, according to the Scriptures. If you are going to change your way of life, you need to change your beliefs first. The power of belief is one of the most amazing aspects of the human experience. By choosing to believe differently, you have the ability to shift your perspective, alter your perceptions, and transform your life. And if you want to experience kingdom life to the fullest, determine where it is that you need to change your beliefs and then do it with enthusiasm. So as you stand with me this morning, would you allow Holy Spirit, would you just right now invite Holy Spirit into your mind, into your heart, and would you yield to what He is telling you that you need to change your beliefs about? Maybe you need to change your belief about how you see the world. Maybe you need to change your beliefs about how you see your spouse, your children, an addicted loved one. Basically, maybe there are some under the sound of my voice that need to change what you believe about what God has already done for you in Christ. 
I'm not talking about that vicious cycle of repenting and rededicating. I'm talking about believing what Christ has done for you that gives you security of where you will go after this life is over in this world, in the visible realm. You can secure that by believing that what Jesus did was for you. But then as we walk on this journey, living out our lives, I believe that God wants us to enjoy it. Do you? I believe that every aspect of your life, He wants to enjoy it. Maybe your current financial situation has put you in a place where you're not enjoying life. Uh, don't get me wrong when say, and I'm saying that you believe and simply by believing money's going to fall out of the sky. Well, I don't know, maybe it does. What are you imagining? But in your imagination, if you see things happening, it will manifest in your life. Some of those things might be ideas that God gives you that are visionary, that launches your business into areas that you didn't know were possible, that generates income for you and your family to enjoy life more. I don't know. That's what's how's the, are you inviting Holy Spirit in right now to speak to you about what areas of your life life you need to change your belief in? Maybe there's been something that is so discouraging and depressive. Every time it comes up, every time you see it, you look at it, it just makes you sick and and it's discouraging and it just cripples you. See that thing differently. How do I see it? In your imagination, start seeing that God is taking care of that situation. may not change in the physical realm automatically, but you can believe different about it and not be discouraged by it. Not letting it cripple you and control you. I wrote this down this week. We talk all the time about not dwelling in the past. But we've talked so much about not dwelling in the past that we haven't dealt with the past. There's a difference. There's a difference in not dwelling in it and dealing with it. And so you may need to deal in your belief system about the way you see the, the past and deal with it so that you can enjoy the here and now. Don't let it cripple you. Don't let it paralyze you. So would you just close your eyes and just begin to imagine as Holy Spirit speaks to you right now. Jennifer, if you would just sing and play for us. We're going to meditate and see what Holy Spirit says to us.